This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 148, with guest Julie Parker. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no-BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so grateful that you are here today. I have a special guest. She's an old friend of mine, Julie Parker, and I'm going to get into that in just a minute here. Did you guys know that on Thursdays, every Thursday at noon Eastern time, I do a Facebook live video? You didn't know that? Well, guess what? Every Thursday at noon Eastern time, that's nine Pacific, I am on Facebook Live. And what I'm doing is diving into a chapter every week from my book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. So even if you don't have the book, that's fine because I am basically teaching you the lesson every week. The videos are about... Mm, they're about 15 minutes. They've been on an average of 15 minutes. So I'm kind of like giving you the highlights of what it's about, diving into additional examples that probably aren't in the chapter and always giving you a tool on how to implement that particular topic in your life. So it's great if you do have the book because it actually helps you do the work in your real life because it's one thing to read about it, but it's an entirely different thing to actually implement in your life. And if you don't have the book, that's fine too because you can follow along without the book. So meet me over there on Thursdays at noon Eastern time and come and say hi, pop in and say hi in the comments. I always answer questions in there and give you shout outs and I would love to see some podcast faces over there. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Julie Parker. Hailed by Elle Magazine as a self-help guru, Julie Parker is the CEO and founder of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she passionately trains and supports heart-centered people to bring their talents into the world as life coaches. Julie is also a modern-day priestess and is committed to contributing to a world where feminine qualities of intuition, presence, nurturing, and love sit comfortably within the realms of global for-profit entrepreneurship. So without further ado, here is Julie. Hello, Miss Julie Parker. Thank you for being here. Oh, Andrea, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on. You're another one of those people where I can't believe I've gone 140 plus episodes and not have you on, not have you on considering how far back we go. I know, Thanks right? Where have you been? Like, seriously. <laughs> Thanks for your patience. Not at all. It's meant to be at this time. Meant to be. You know, I think, well, gosh, this is, okay, we started out because we ran in the same circles or in the eating disorder community. That is absolutely 100% correct. Way back when you were really blogging extensively, I remember about women and body image yes. and issues of disordered eating. Yes. And I was actually, while running my coaching business, part-time, was also the general manager of an eating disorder foundation here in Australia. Now, that's a long time ago. The Butterfly ago. Foundation, correct? 
That is correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, a wonderful organization. And so that is a long time ago. It feels like a lifetime ago, my friend, and we're still here. Yeah, so it was almost mm-hmm. 10 years ago, which, you know, as we know, in the social media world, that was a lifetime ago. So, you know, it's, it's interesting that both of our businesses have evolved. You know, I know you don't work in that community anymore, and I don't even really write about it that much anymore. But I'm going to... You know, speaking of things evolving and the things that we talk about evolving. So I'm going to speak candidly for a minute because I don't know how else to speak. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so what is going on with the goddess and the priestess stuff? Okay. So like first, like, let's just start with what does it mean? So if you could give us like the goddess priestess 101. And I did read, <laughs> mm. I spent quite a bit of time on your blog because I've been following you and I'm like, what? You're going to these like, these, I don't even know if you, what you call them, like these gatherings of the priestesses and the, and I'm so curious about it. So give us the rundown. <laughs> give us the 101. Well, you know, it's really a challenging thing to speak about because we're talking about a really ancient wisdom that we're trying to bring forth into modern time. And, you know, I've got news for you, Andrea, just in case you don't realize it. You're a priestess too. I kind of figured after I started reading about it. (laughs) I'm so glad that you have come to that realization because if you want to know how this started for me, that's how it started. I was interviewing the beautiful Sarah Jenks for the cover of here. Yes, our Inspired Coach magazine. And I asked her, what has been one of the greatest teachings of your life that has helped you be a really powerful and embodied woman? And she said, my priestess path. And when she said that word, I just had a like a physical reaction. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I had never heard of that word before. This was a number of years ago. And I asked her where she'd found out about it and she graciously told me and I just found myself going down a rabbit hole and I couldn't stop exploring all of this world of the priestess, the ancient goddesses, women in sacred circle, Mm -hmm. how once upon a time there was no such thing as the patriarchy, that the masculine and feminine balance in the world was very equal. Men and women had the same burial rights, the same marriage rights, the same financial financial rights. And I was just blown away by it all and further explored this concept of women who were modern day priestesses, who were attempting to try and really support and encourage and inspire other women to remember this innate power in them. Before they were told, you have to be thin to be accepted. You have to be a certain age to get the promotion. You have to hustle and burn yourself out into oblivion and ignore your intuition and your feminine flow. Back in a time when we really honor our cycles as women and how to work with them. And I just fell into this beautiful abyss of the world of essentially what is the divine feminine. And the more I read about it, Andrea, the more I realized that I was a priestess too, which is essentially a woman who is here to help other women embody their divinity. Mm. That you are someone who recognizes the power and beauty and divinity and spirituality of other women and you would like to step forward into a role of, first of all, healing your own shit 
yep. and getting yourself sorted. And that is a huge part of this path if you want to talk about that. But then also working on becoming what is known in the priestess and goddess world as an empty vessel filled with empty presence when you are with other women to allow them to shine their own light. And I've fallen into the abyss. I'm happily floating and I can't imagine at this point in time coming out. It's made me a better woman, a better businesswoman, and I'm just so in love with all of it at the moment and what I feel it's helping me with personally and how I feel that I'm showing up for other women as well. Well, you are certainly selling it because <laughs> I'm ready to sign up. <laughs> it's so funny. And you, one of the things, one of the many things I love about you is that you explain things so eloquently and it doesn't hurt that you have such a great accent, which us Americans just love. <laughs> and because I'll be totally honest with you, when I first heard about it and it wasn't from you, you know, it must have been somebody else that I saw online. I was kind of like, did an eye roll. I'm like, what in the world is this? You know, yeah. I thought like, and maybe this is a common misconception, but I thought it was like we just like sit around and call each other goddesses and just validate the shit out of each other, which, you know, isn't mm-hmm. that bad. Like, if you want to just mm-hmm. do that. But it's mm-hmm. so much more than that. And I think the thing that really well, this is OK. Let me back up, too, because what's interesting is I feel that the universe kind of like points us in the direction that we need to go in order for us to learn what we need to learn in order to heal and then in turn help the world. So personally, I don't even remember. Okay. So I think this happens for a lot of people just like coincidentally on social media. I kept seeing Megan Watterson's name on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I followed her and then I read the book reveal or actually listened to it on audiobook. totally blew my socks off and I'm going to invite her to be on the podcast. And, Mm -hmm. and she talks a lot about that. And she also talks a lot about the ancient Hindu goddesses. And I went down the same rabbit hole (laughs) you were talking Mm -hmm. about. And -hmm. what jumped out at me is she was talking about Kali Ma and which I like, she's my favorite. Like I'm just like obsessed with her. And then you had written a blog post about it and saying that that was the Uh one that scared you the most. So it's like these things keep like popping up all over. And then I have a friend and I was like telling her about it. She's like, Oh my God, my sister is like an expert in the Hindu goddesses. And she wrote this song about Kali Ma. Here it is. And it's just like all these different things are pointing me in this direction. And then you, and I'm, you know, a friend of Lisa Fabrega, who's also really into this. So I think that Again, the universe is telling me, learn more about this because you need it in your life. And then you need to tell all of the people on your podcast about it. So here we are today. (laughs) Well, aren't I blessed, you know, that you've invited me on to maybe initiate your audience? Yes. In in this (laughs) first time. Yeah. And, you know, I totally understand about the whole thing of, you know, this just all sounds fruity, loopy, you know, yeah, yeah, (laughs) floppy flower crowns and women talking about their yonis, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That I, I really, I really do understand that and I totally get it. And of course, this is an exploration for everybody that you take what you need and what you want for your own healing, your own growth and your own journey, and you leave the rest. But it's so often the things that are more esoteric, more out there, more wild that capture people's attention when we see it. And then all of a sudden, it's all about that. And of course, 
that's not the truth. And when we think about, for example, the power of the goddesses, whether they be Hindu goddesses like Kalima or Lakshmi or uh, Greek goddesses or, you know, indigenous goddesses, American Indian goddesses, it's about learning about those ancient archetypes in a modern way and thinking, how can I embody the power and the beauty and the rawness and the vulnerability of what that goddess represents. So Kali Ma, you would know, for example, she's also known as the creator, destroyer, preserver. Uh She is a no crap talking, don't tell me no lies, I'm going to strip you bare, fierce warrior woman. Uh She is here to help you burn yourself up, free yourself of all your inhibitions, your lies, your untruths, and help you come out the other side feeling embodied and powerful and like your raw, real self. And then we have much more softer goddesses like Lakshmi, if we're staying in the Hindu tradition, and she is the goddess of fortune and beauty and prosperity. And so if you're a woman who is struggling with her money story, for example, learning more about her and how you can attract more abundance through her teachings is a really beautiful and wonderful thing for you to do. One of my favorite goddesses is Artemis, and she is the sovereign queen. She is If you're wanting to really embody your feminine power, learn to stand on your own, learn to give up what other people are thinking of you, blaze your own path, have focus and direction. She's often depicted with a bow and arrow to hit a target. She's your woman to call in. She's your goddess to learn more about because she's so focused and determined but also very compassionate and caring. And so exploring these goddesses is, in a modern sense is all about how can I learn from this feminine archetype to become more of who I want to be. Mm, I love that. I'm like selfishly having this conversation with you too because <laughs> – Because I want to know, because it can be overwhelming when you kind of go down that rabbit hole and like start reading about it on Wikipedia and you're like, whoa, where do I even start? So I think, I guess that's my next question. If you've, you know, piqued someone's interest who's listening to this, what's the way in? Like, how can they just sort of start? Like, are there any books that you recommend or what say you? Yeah, look, there are some websites and some books, and I think mostly they're about exploring to begin with what I would encourage is the overarching concept of the divine feminine, Mm -hmm. which is that it exists now. You know, we are all divine creatures and we all have a feminine and masculine side, as I was saying before, but the divine feminine as a whole has been repressed for so long. And it is only now beginning to to re-emerge and this is why women are claiming their role as modern day priestesses exploring goddess work. So a wonderful website to explore is priestesspresence.com by a wonderful woman called Elaine Doherty. She's actually in California uh-huh. and but she's originally from the UK. Everyday Goddesses is a wonderful book and gosh the author is escaping my mind but Andrew do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you a link 
list of some recommended books. That would be great. We websites put them in the show notes. For the notes. Yeah. 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 Let's make sure that we guide everyone towards the right thing. And everyone very much explore, please explore this just with an open heart and let your intuition take you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. There will be some things that you go, that is freaking me out. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go there. And like if anyone okay. Googles Kelly Ma and sees the images of her, they might be a little bit freaked out. But it's yeah, symbolism. Like the reason she has her tongue sticking out and eight arms and like a necklace full of severed heads. Yes, that's exactly right. Because she's about cutting straight to the truth. Yes. And don't we as women sometimes need that? I mean, so many women are steeped in people pleasing behaviors. It's all about everybody else except me, all that sort of stuff. And Carly Mart. Yeah, exactly. Keep your mouth shut. Be small. You know, do all this. Don't rock the boat as you say. Space. Exactly. And she's there to say, damn that. No. Yeah, you can say yeah, bad words it, here. Oh, can I? It's <laughs> a safe place. Yes. Fuck that. No. Mm-hmm. That's not right. That's not what you're here for. You know, stand up, push your boobs out, get your back straight, and girl, let's make this happen. Mm-hmm. And so if you need courage, she's incredibly fierce to call upon. And when I was working with her, as you know, from that blog post that I, she freaked me out. I was like, I just feel naked. Whenever I think about her, I was maybe creating a little altar to her and, you know, lots of red and fiery colors. It's not usually my vibe, but what I learned from her so much is that she's just here to help you be the real you. She's like, mm-hmm. strip it all back, lose your pretensions and just put it out there and have the courage to just really be that. Easier said than done. Right. But when you can call on some energy to help you with it, it does make it uh, easier. That's interesting. And I think that what it is, and then I'm making this up. So if I'm wrong, please correct me. But it sounds like the goddesses represent different parts of ourselves because I think we all have these different parts of ourselves. And maybe just our personalities lean more towards one goddess than the other. Like, for instance, like, Kelly Mall, like, like that is like my wisest, biggest self. And that's why I love it. But like some mm. of the other ones, like those are the ones I need to work on. And I think like, is that kind of what that, that exactly. is? Okay. Exactly. You couldn't have described that more perfectly. All of these feminine archetypes live in all of us. It's mm-hmm. just that some of them in the light for us and some of them are in the shadow. So, for example, I was the opposite with you. Kali Ma was in the shadow for me. But if you want to talk about Lakshmi and Aphrodite, the goddesses of femininity, beauty, love, gentleness, all that sort of stuff, they're my homegirls. probably in the shadows for me. Like, yeah, they're they're, they're my homegirls, those ones. Those (laughs) archetypes are really strong in me. But if there's anything that this priestess path has taught me, it's that – the ones that are in shadow are the ones that you learn the most from. You know, the wise woman archetype was also in shadow for me. I am 45 this year and I did not want to look at her in my healing journey and my priestess path at all. I was like, you know, my hair is starting to get gray around the temples. My monthly cycle is beginning to change. And I was like, I am not old. I am not wise. I am not going near that at all. You can take your wrinkly, old, (laughs) grey-haired 
little pictures of stooped over women and you can shove those mm-hmm. because I am not going anywhere near them. And wow, she was such, that archetype was such a revelation to me around the fact that she's funny, she's free, she's Mm. given up what anybody thinks of her, she lives her own life, she farts, she swears, Mm -hmm. she she doesn't care about anything around it. She has lived through all of the the repressive stuff and she's just like, this is me, I'm here now, I've only got a little bit of time left and you better believe I'm making the most of it. And she completely changed my ideas and processes around what it means to age as a woman. And while I'm not necessarily saying that I'm about to let the full grey shine through, Mm -hmm. I've still got some love of the bottle left. I'm so much more ready for it and feeling okay about it than what I was. Interesting. Okay. So I have so many questions. So, and, and I want to point everybody to, to the show notes because Julie wrote a part one and two of what is a priestess and they're excellent blog posts. And so I want everyone, if you're, if you're curious, you can find those links in the show notes. And then also kind of circling back to when you mentioned divine feminine living, you wrote another blog post about that, where I think that you, we love bullet points where you bullet pointed (laughs) because again, like when I first heard the term divine feminine living, I thought that was like Paris Hilton lifestyle, <laughs> like the elite, like Ivanka Trump's of the world. Like that's the way I, if somebody would have on the street asked me what that is, I would have been like, is that some kind of like, like show on HGTV? <laughs> okay. But it's not. No. I was wrong. No, 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 it's definitely not. I just want to like read a couple of the the bullet points is, you know, divine feminine living is things like consciously slowing down and uh, tuning into your intuition, which you mentioned before. And, and it's so important to becoming what you say, becoming deeply connected to and in luscious love with your body. So that's divine feminine living. Yeah, what it's all about is it's most definitely not about, you know, fancy pink high-heeled shoes and, you know, blingy jewelry and all that sort of stuff. But that is, I mean, and this is this can take us on a whole other path, Andrew, and I don't want to steer it off in a direction that is maybe not worthy. I think worthy the universe is steering, what, so we'll just okay, go that. Okay, <laughs> all right. That is a very patriarchal construct of femininity, that is a construct of femininity that is pleasing to men. True. Right? That yes. is what they I would think love to go down as, this path. Bring right, it. okay. <laughs> that is what the patriarchy views as a beautiful, sensual, sexy, whole, gorgeous goddess. That is that construct there. It's very narrow. Mm-hmm. It's not the core and heart of what, the divine feminine is and it's very media constructed as mm-hmm. well and of course the media is extremely male driven and so that's what that is and it's completely understandable that that is what a lot of women believe that when we're talking about femininity we're talking about something like that or it's only things such as you know long flowing boho skirts and flower crowns mm-hmm. And that can absolutely be a part of a woman's expression if it's truly what resonates with her. But 
the divine feminine really is just the the lived embodiment for an everyday modern woman such as you and I of her inherent feminine qualities. And those qualities include intuition, creativity, nurturing, love, collaboration, sisterhood, rest, sensuality of your own terms, and so much more. It's not about what you look like or wear or any of those sorts of things. And it's those qualities in women that were once in ancient times so incredibly revered. Mm-hmm. You know, women were revered for their ability to heal others, use their intuition to predict everything from the weather to when was the best time to plant the next crops to so many other things. They were midwives, witches, healers, you know, most coaches, counsellors, therapists, healers, you know, of today would have been the witches of the old. Right. Mm-hmm. And before the onset of the Middle Ages, at which you know, came at the most intense time when the patriarchy and dogmatic religion started to infuse its way throughout the world, all of that shifted and changed. Women were killed, raped, murdered, tortured, repressed for those beautiful feminine qualities that were once so strong in them. And that has remained that way for many, many years. I mean, we can only think back sometimes to our mother's or grandmother's generation in the 50s where we had a whole generation of women there that were just being medicated on Valium because they were seen to be emotional, hysterical, out of control, you know, crazy, all of those sorts of things when they weren't those things at all. Right. They were just being a woman. My grandmother, I've actually known this for a while, but it was some of my relatives were talking about it again. Recently, so let's see, this probably happened in the late 1930s, maybe early 1940s. She, quick story. So my grandmother and grandfather, they took in foster children every once in a while when my dad and his brothers were growing up. And they had a little girl for, I think it must have been like several months or maybe even like went into longer than that. But, you know, in foster care, the goal is to bring the child back to their parents. And that's what ended up happening. And well, I guess my grandmother had been very attached to this little girl and Mm -hmm. became depressed and was grieving the loss of this child that, and I don't know what the circumstances exactly were, but they gave her shock therapy treatment. And I am just, and my dad had told me this story that there was a pretty lengthy amount of time where he remembers him and his two brothers. You know, my grandfather worked a lot and nobody was taking care of them. They were like on the the school playground until the sun had gone down and there was adults there saying, boys, you need to go home. So it just, it like blows my mind. And I don't, I don't know the circumstances. I can kind of only fill in the blanks, but what I make up is that this poor woman was grieving the loss of this child, which she probably had, had come to love as her own. And was depressed and grieving and whomever the doctor was said, this is total, (laughs) she's hysterical. Let's Mm. give her shock therapy treatment. So I can see Mm. how that happened. And I mean, I think it even continued to happen probably well into the 1950s. Oh, I'm quite sure you're absolutely right there. And that is a you know, a classic personal example of exactly what I'm talking about here. But even today, so many women are told, calm down. Oh, God, if I had a dollar. I know. (laughs) Calm down. Turn the volume down. 
yeah, don't, what are you upset about? Mm -hmm. What are you getting emotional for? And so that natural emotive state, that feeling state within us, we, you know, we get so many messages to shut that off. And really this emergence of the divine feminine, Andrea, is all about claim that. Mm-hmm. Be emotional. Make decisions in your business that come from a place of heart and not your head, yeah. if that's what feels right for you. You know, I saw Danielle Laporte speak here in Melbourne last night, and she said something really profound, which was so immersed in the divine feminine, and that is that compassion is a business strategy. And I was like, yeah, it is, particularly self-compassion. If you want to be in this for, if you have a business and you want to be in it for the long game and you're not just trying to, you know, initiate something really quick and it all burn out really fast. But so many men, even though there are many men that have amazing feminine qualities, just as women have masculine qualities, we need both. But they wouldn't think like that. You know, concepts of love, nurturance, emotion, feeling, compassion, they don't belong in the business world, uh-huh. not in the usual male way. And so it hasn't always been that way. And so what this reemergence is about in both life and business and career for women is saying all of those qualities within yourself that feel so deeply connected to you as a woman or maybe buried and you might need, you know, to bring them out have infinite power. And the more of us that recognize that as women and bring this forth, the more we have the ability to really, and I know that this is a big statement, initiate incredible change. If somebody was to ask me what the world really needed right now, I, on a global scale, everything from refugees to looking at privilege to looking at, you know, the way that we're treating the environment, big business where it's profit over people, it would be we need more women in power Uh and we need more women in power who are in their feminine power, that they're not just trying to copy men, they're not just playing the boys game, but they are, I am a woman and I am a powerful woman and I am here to make decisions and guide and lead and inspire other leaders to come forth from a feminine place where essentially the message is we are all divine, we are all love, we are all connected, let's act like it. Fuck yes. Mm. (laughs) Slow clap over here. (laughs) I love this conversation. Hey, Ask Kickers, we're going to get back to this interview in just a minute. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. People ask me all the time, what are the tools I should use for my small business? There's so many things to manage. Welcome to life being self-employed. Is it challenging? Yes, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed entrepreneur. To meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy 
to use. It's also packed full of powerful features. Create and send professional looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. And see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash kickass and enter your kickass life in the how did you hear about us section. There's so many awesome things that I want to pull apart that you said. And I think it's Elizabeth Dialto. She's been on here too. And she said, she's, I love a line that she says often is that we are not just lovelier versions of men. And I think that's yeah. kind of what you were saying about, no, we're not just, just, you know, stepping in our power to try to imitate how men do it. I think that the whole concept of listening to our intuition, I think is one that, gosh, if we could just, I mean, it's something I talk to my clients about a lot, you know, and, and as a coach, we're taught to ask powerful questions. And, and I always ask, like when someone's struggling with a decision, I mean, it can be as simply as this to, you know, to speak to everyone who's listening, who is struggling with their intuition is the first question I ask them is, well, what does your gut say? And usually the first answer that comes out of their mouth is their intuition, even if it's not mm. the answer that they want to act on. It's not the answer that they <laughs> yep. want it to be, but mm. that's it. Oy. Yeah, absolutely. And this, you know, I think one of the most wonderful ways to think about our intuition is that if you want it to work really strongly for you and you want it to come forth and start making decisions in your life from a place of soul connectedness, your true divine self, you will see your intuition as something that you need to develop a relationship with. If you don't nurture it and you don't find time to do things such as sit still. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody start a regular meditation practice. I try my best with mine. I, even as a priestess, I don't manage to do it every day. I would love to get to the point where I was heart disciplined enough to get there, but some days it just doesn't happen. And I'm compassionate with myself about that. But if you want to develop a really amazing relationship with your intuition and really have it blossom and work for you, then you will honor it by slowing down, by giving it space and time, by not being rushed and hurried all the time, which does not work well for women. This is why so many women in today's age are experiencing burnout, chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue, total exhaustion, depression, yes, total exhaustion because we are just strung Mm -hmm. out to the absolute max. It does not work with our body. It does not work with how most women emote and feel. It just doesn't work well for us. And your intuition will blossom and it will come forth more for you if you give it time and space. And even if that's just that you can find a few moments a day to sit with a cup of tea and the TV is not on, the computer is shut down and you just just take a little bit of time to tap into your, with yourself and ask, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. How am I doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I need right now? What am I searching for? Am I okay? Is there something I need to ask for? Anything of that sort. And big bonus brownie points, if you can do it outside 
with your shoes and socks off on the earth mm-hmm. and you can feel mama come up through you because her entire reason in existence is to be here to support us. We can't live without her. And so if you can ground your feet into the sand, the grass, the water, anything of that sort while you're also doing this, it can really, really ramp up your intuition beautifully. I love all of that. And I want to tag onto that because I think and this might even be one of the bullet points in your in your Divine Feminine Living blog post, but is spending more time with your creativity medium of choice. I talk to women about this all the time. In my group classes or my one-on-one clients, I ask them, like, when was the last time you were creative? And not enough women, and they'll, they'll tell me every excuse in the book. And yeah. it is one of those things where, and I'm guilty of this too. You know, I don't, there'll be periods of time where I don't. And, and in my case, my favorite mode of creativity, I feel like the gift I was given is also part of my job. So while some mm. people are like, oh, you're so lucky. That's amazing. Sometimes it can be a blessing and a curse because you know, as a writer, when it it becomes your job and you're supposed to be able to turn it on, you know, at 9am on a weekday, it can (laughs) get a little convoluted. But I I have found and I've, I've talked about this a little bit, but this is how I got through the grief of losing my father without drinking, because I know that you've mentioned a few times about emoting and just really, you know, in this culturally, we are not encouraged to to show our emotions. I mean, it's because the stereotypes we were just talking about a few minutes ago, and we are praised for being strong and for soldiering on and for, you know, keeping a lid on it. And I think I'm kind of kind of going off in like a few different directions here. But my point is that I think that they're all connected. So anyone listening, you know, this is your assignment for the week and for the rest of your life (laughs) too, is there's so many different modes of creativity too. It it might be, I know there's a lot of writers out there. I I talked to you guys. I know that there are writing, singing, dancing, quilting, cooking, scrapbooking, like all of these different things. And I think that they can really get you through certain times because we numb out. We don't want to feel the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't help your intuition. No, absolutely not. And this is all so beautifully interconnected, Andrew. You know, one feeds into the other exactly. and the other and the other in so many different ways. And creativity and that side of our brain that is responsible for creativity, I think it's the left, is very much a, a feminine trait. Now, this is not to say that men are not creative. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Of course they are. But creativity has a very special role in a woman's life because not only is it something that can bring you joy, allow you, as you say, to move through things such as grief, anger, frustration, and it also be fun, uplifting, and so many other beautiful, positive things. It's also known, particularly for women, to do exactly what it is that you just said, and that is open up your heart and your intuition and your soul voice to come through. Uh And so does rest and surrender and renewal. How many women listening have ever had the most brilliant idea for their life or business when you've been on holiday? Mm-hmm. Or in the shower. 
Yeah. <laughs> or when you're having a bubble bath or something like that. You're I, on the I have, when yeah. your mind slows down, basically, is what's happening. Exactly. When your mind slows down or it is doing something often with your hands that is really joyful. That's why often in women's circles where we mentioned those brief before. A lot of women's sacred circles encourage women while they are in circle talking to knit or draw or paint or yarn Mm -hmm. or colour or do anything like that, even when other people are speaking, which can feel and seem a bit strange at the time because you can think, well, that's rude. (laughs) I'm talking. Eyes here, princess. Eyes here, princess. Thank you. But no, it's not like that. It's actually known to allow women to drop more into an intuitive, amazing space. And it is not unusual for so many of us to have the most brilliant, amazing, wonderful, intuitive ideas when we are being creative and or in a state of rest and renewal. It's just the way we work. Yeah. I totally believe it. That's so interesting. Okay. So I want to shift gears, but not really shift gears. And I want to talk about when you, I mean, I I was going to say like, I want to talk about our periods, which is true. (laughs) I've never, this is something I don't, I know nothing about. When I was at soul camp, Nicole Jardine, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. She talked about that a little bit and like how we're more powerful during some different points of our lunar cycle and things like that. So mm-hmm. start anywhere because I, I don't even know how to ask the question. That's how little That's I know okay. Well, look, I want to be the first to put up my hand and confess as well that I really have only become steeped in this a few years ago myself, that I really, really only about two and a half years ago. So that's a long time of bleeding and having my period where really I was just completely in the dark about this whole thing and just like, oh, here it is again, Groundhog Day, Mm -hmm. once a month and really just not thinking about it at all. And since immersing myself in this work, I want to admit that I am not an expert. There are certainly a lot of other priestesses and women that I know who are much more attuned with this side of our power than I am. But what I have learned is this, is that when you start to track your cycle, when even if it's just simply nothing more than really, especially if it's not regular, but even if it is, if you track your cycle as to when you start your period every month and when it finishes, how long it goes for, and you do some journaling and paying attention around your emotions and how you feel at certain times throughout the months, you will start to see patterns and they do exist for almost all women. And of course, it's not all the same. Every woman's experience of this is going to be different. But in general, this is what most of us experience. When you are having your period, Uh it is what is known as, if you think about it seasonally, it's the time of winter. So you don't have as much energy. You are more likely to feel less sexy, less vibrant. You're more likely to want to cocoon, stay at home. 
So when we are at the bleeding time in our months, when we're having our period and we're feeling that need to slow down, rest more, cocoon, if only as women as a start, even if we just did this with our cycles as women, we would all so much benefit from it. Instead of trying to push through, hustle on, schedule things in our life that required us as much as we can avoid it to really be out there or doing anything that's really huge or significant or takes an enormous amount of extra energy to recognize that that four to seven days, however it may long be for you, be is a time when if you can try and factor in in your life to be more gentle, more still, not be so on with certain things or work projects around that, it will change your life. Mm. Because what will happen is that when you come out the other side of it and you are moving into your spring week in the monthly cycle, which is more about emerging and blossoming and we're coming around again and, you know, all of that sort of thing, you will be so much more vibrant and energetic and, you know, able to do the things that you really want to do in your life because you're working with the rhythms and the cycles of your body. And then there's so much more about this, Andrea. As I said, I'm not an expert, but then you move into your autumn phase, which is typically seen to be the time of harvesting. It's when you're ovulating. It's when you're going to feel more sexual, more sensual. You know, it just makes sense. And, you know, and then you you move back into to winter and you go around. And if you can pay attention to this internal incredible cycle that is happening inside of you, how it can help you show up in your life rather than just, oh, I've got to manage my period is an incredibly powerful thing because women are cyclic creatures. We have a monthly cycle that our body goes through. There is the lunar cycle, which a lot of women are very attuned with. The moon is a, I believe, some people would disagree with this, but, you know, it's mother moon and father sun. And the moon is often deeply associated with women's lunar cycles and setting into intentions and releasing of things just as we release eggs in our body and let them go. The, you know, we can release with the, the moon cycles as well. And these things take practice and they take time to learn and explore and educate yourself about. But as I said, even if any woman listening that is wanting to work better with her cycle, just give yourself a break when you're having your period. Just give yourself a break. It is your body's way of saying you need to rest a bit more and you need to honor yourself a bit more and be more gentle and compassionate. I agree with that, especially I think as I've gotten older, I can feel my cycles getting a little bit more, um, I don't know if rambunctious is the word for it, but I just, I think they're speaking to me more. Like for me, it's the day mm-hmm. before my period. I know I'm, I'm so tired. I will skip a workout. No problem on that day. Mm-hmm. And 
during the time when I'm ovulating, I think I make up, I'm not a doctor, but I make up that this also has to do with my age. You know, I'm kind of, I'm getting to that point where it's like the going out of business sale where my body's like, we need to, we've got a few eggs left. We're going to make some babies. So hurry up and go now. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm like checking out construction workers that I would like never have normally. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like that is a actual story. Like the, yeah, you, I'll be like driving on. by. Yep. Yeah, my body's like, yep. mate with them, mate with them now. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's powerful though. It's powerful. And I, I believe mm-hmm. all of that. I'm, I'm going to run out and learn all about that. So okay, I have a question. What do you do at these, what are they called? Like priestess gatherings? Because I know you were at one not that long ago, right? Like what do you, it's, it's like, a, I feel like it's like the secret society where you wear oh. like flowers in your hair and you have like secret handshakes. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, and, and no. Of course. <laughs> Not at all. Well, look, most of the work that I've done in relation to this has been online. And so that really has been my immersion into it. But this year in particular, I am undertaking what is called shamanic womancraft studies, which, and that's an in-person and online experience. And essentially what that is, is the study of the ancient practice of shamanism, which again, it's all just about the things that we've been talking about using, you know, the amazing power of your intuition, women's healing, embodiment, those sorts of things. And we're actually getting together for a number of experiences over the year. And we've had the first one. It was actually in late last year. And, you know, it wasn't like that at all. We came together and talked and ate and we had workshops around things such as connecting with our inner wisdom. We spoke a lot about, we did some outdoor based things because it was a camping experience based around the elements like fire, earth, air and water. Yeah, and what they mean for us in our lives. We spoke a lot on that first weekend about our cycles. That was a really significant part of it and a deep encouragement over the next 12 months. It's a really significant part of our studies, I suppose, to really understand more about how our cycles work and how we can really use them in a very powerful way, especially when we live in a society that still ignores them and just wants them to go away in so much. That was really powerful. And we also made a drum. So you might have seen some in sacred ceremonies, uh, some men and women, use a drum and this is something that's used to help with meditation and exploration of your inner world and that took up an enormous amount of time in that experience as well and that was really powerful because we were asked to see it as a birthing experience so you have to you know cut out the drum and you have to to soak it and let it gestate and then weave it and it's frustrating and it can be painful in an emotional way because you're trying to craft this really precious thing. It takes hours and hours and hours. And so it's an enormous undertaking in patience. And that's what we did. But there was no... No hooky hooky. No. no. You, weren't, you weren't learning how to make spells and like with the cauldron and no. learning voodoo. No. I no, would sign so, up for that. Sorry. I was going to say, now, come on. You mentioned these things because you want to go there, girl. Like Carly Ma, she's egging you on. But I didn't even break out my flower crown, and I'm a fan of a flower crown. And I just I didn't even one. make an appearance. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so there I, you go. I should get one. I should get one. I just have never been like really girly. I think maybe that's why that's why it's like also that's why I make fun of it. And maybe like as a defense mechanism, because it all kind of freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And that's and that is very understandable, especially if you are somebody that, you know, embodies that Kali Ma, you know, really a lot of masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Intense spirit in yourself. You don't need a flower crown. You probably need like a black and red, you know, feather, leather crown sort fire. of. Yeah, exactly. That's what you need with some thorns thrown in there in a couple of skulls well that's what you need that's because we need embodied feminine women like you see i am that woman who is much more into pink and flower and crystals and things like that and we need both types of us in the world andrea and all other women in between otherwise what happens is that we are never going to achieve what we're trying to gently move towards here and that is the balancing of our feminine and masculine this is not about trying to say oh the women need to you know take back or take over you know the power of the men and you know that men are bad and I said oh god I love them and I know that you do too you're married to a beautiful man you have a son and I'm especially those construction workers too that you know well that's right let's not forget those construction (laughs) workers You know, it's not about that. It's genuinely about how can we find more balance here within ourselves and within the world as well so we can be just in more balance and harmony. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could, I could talk to you all day long. I'll, I'll just have to have mm-hmm. you on again. Cause I didn't even get to all the questions that I wanted to ask you, but we're, we need to wrap it up. But before we do, I want to make sure that, so of course everything is in the show notes and you can find more of Julie's writing about this at juliesuzanneparker.com. But also you, we didn't even talk about it all. You have, you run a very popular and successful coaching school. So tell us about that for anyone. Cause I know we, we have a lot of people that are interested in the coaching industry and that are kind of dipping their toes in and are still looking for coaching schools. So tell us about that. Well, you, of course, are one of our wonderful guest teachers in that course. And you and your interview with me around, you know, how to really manage yourself in your first year out as a coach is wildly popular. And we always receive so much beautiful feedback about it. Look, in a nutshell, Andrew, it's the Beautiful You Coaching Academy and essentially we're a really heart-centered feminine life coaching course. We do see the odd man who loves us and wants to come through, which is great, and we absolutely welcome them. But really most of our trainees are women and we really focus on training our coaches very much in the art and craft of powerful questioning that elicits the feelings and desires that a client wants to experience in their life. We are not a school that wants to teach people to work with their clients to set goals such as I want to lose 10 pounds, find a hot husband and earn a squillion dollars by the end of the month. We really want to help create coaches that want to go much deeper than that and really help their clients bring out the legacy of what their life is meant to all be about. And it's six months long. We're based obviously here in Australia but we have trainees from all over the world and we travel and we meet up and have beautiful days of connection with everyone and I'm passionate and absolutely I love it I love it so much and it's something that is 
my priestess work and personal journey is something that is both separate to that, but also deeply connected. And yeah, and it has become more so like we're not a spiritual life coaching training school and we welcome people of all faiths, religions, spiritualities, and none of the above. Mm -hmm. But there's no doubt that, you know, undertaking this journey for myself as a priestess and learning how to hold deeper space, be in empty presence, tune into intuition and really open up that soul part of ourselves. It's made me a better trainer. It's made me a better coach. And so I just won't be in denial about that anymore. And (laughs) if someone, you know, looks at our website and then finds my personal website or more of my personal work and goes, well, that's freaky. Well, then we're, you know, not the, not, not a good match. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing because it means that there's something else out there for them Mm -hmm. and another trainee for us. Yes. I love that. And I'm, I'm so grateful for this conversation and, and it's been too long since you and I have connected and thank you so much for schooling me on this. And I'm now even more interested in learning more about that and going to one of those secret sister friendship (laughs) circles and you'll see me on Instagram going to one in secret. So again, everybody, you can find all of the show notes. There's probably going to be a lot of them, all the links I should say in the show notes. And thank you again so much for being here, Julie. It's been just a pleasure. Oh, my heart to you, Andrea. Thank you so much. Thank you. And again, thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Hey, ass kickers, you know what would help me out so much if you left a rating and review for this podcast. Your Kick-Ass Life podcast will always be free to you and to help me get more awesome guests and to spread the word, it helps tremendously if you leave a rating and a review. Now, they don't particularly make this super easy to do, so I'll help you out a little. If you're in iTunes and you're on your phone, when you are in the podcast app, you need to search for Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. I know, even if you're subscribed, this is how you do it. So when you search for it and you see it come up, click on the cover art, then towards the top where it says reviews, click that, scroll down a tiny little bit, and then click write a review. Stitcher is a bit easier if you're on Android. The easiest way I found to do this is to type into Google stitcher.com, your kick-ass life, and voila, my podcast should pop up as the first link. Scroll down and click write a review. That's it. Thank you so very much. You have no idea how much it helps me when you do that. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.